0: Build your cultural competence. Listen to interesting stories. Learn about the cultural fails and how to avoid them. Get the global perspective here at Culture Matters on International Business. Your host, Chris Smith, has a plan. A plan for people who are looking for a solution. He makes you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences. Every episode, he interviews a prominent guest who will tell you his or her story and share international experiences, making you more cultural competent. And now, here's your host, Chris Smith.
1: Hello there. My name is Chris Smith, and you're listening to the Culture Matters podcast. We are already on episode 143. If you haven't subscribed to this podcast, now is really a nice and a good time to do so. All right. Today's guest is me so for once I got myself on my own podcast well actually I was being interviewed by Jonathan Westover and his podcast was this podcast was first published on the Human Capital Innovation podcast HCI podcast we talk about the importance of cultural awareness when you are working internationally
0: let's get right to the interview it's time for this week's guest at Culture Matters
2: Chris Smith, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Hello, John. How are you? I'm very good. It's great to, to have you with me uh, in the audience today. Uh, I'm always excited when I get to talk to uh, great leaders and thinkers um, from around the world. And you join us from Belgium. Uh, so it's, it's uh, in the morning for me. It's in the evening for you yep. uh, with, with a lovely time difference. And... Uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun to have a discussion today about identity and culture and, and how that impacts leading in organizations. Mm-hmm. As we yeah. get started, I want to share uh, Chris's bio with the listeners. Chris Smith makes companies and organizations more aware of cultural diversity. In business, the impact of cultural differences are still underestimated. We talk a lot about globalization, the world seems to be getting smaller, and yet we all bear the mark of the culture in which we grew up. This often leads to misunderstandings that are detrimental to to our businesses, and more attention to cultural diversity should be a top priority for companies and organizations. So Chris puts you on track to efficiently deal with cultural differences. Since 1993, he has advised thousands of people from more than 100 different nationalities. His work has taken him to more than 45 countries. Is passionate and enthusiastic speaker with extensive experience in coaching and managing staff at all levels the world in your pocket um, chris was born in amsterdam he has lived in three different countries the us netherlands belgium uh, where he still lives now as a marketing and sales consultant for dutch airline klm he traveled the world Meanwhile, uh, what he earned a master's degree in psychology at the University of Amsterdam. And in 2007, he founded the company Culture Matters. Chris helps companies working in an international context to become aware and deal with cultural differences. And I could go on and on uh, about <laughs> your background and your bio, and, and there's so many really fascinating and interesting things. Uh, mm-hmm. But as someone, I like to consider myself a world traveler. um just, and I, and, I, and I love to travel, I love to interact with people uh, across the globe, and yet I can't boast um, working with people across 100 different nationalities or 45 countries. So I have some work, some catch-up work to do um, to, to get to your, your level, but, uh, but I really applaud you for all the good work you do. And I think it'll be a fun discussion today to talk about culture. Mm-hmm. Cool. Anything um, that you would like to add before we launch in?
1: I think you've, you've said it pretty much, pretty much all, um, other maybe then, uh, that I'm an, an ex- uh, accidental entrepreneur, really. I mean, you said you, you read out, I uh, started my company in 2007, which was totally not in the stars for me. I had no idea that I would be an independent consultant, et cetera, because I was nicely working for a Dutch consulting firm that put me in Belgium. That's the reason I moved from the Netherlands to Belgium. And then the crisis of 2007, 2008, 2009 happened. So the company that I worked for in the Netherlands went belly up, uh, the, the sister company in Belgium as well. And I just started my own company. So all of a sudden I was independent and been doing this ever since and still going strong. It's a bit slow right now, which you can understand, I guess, current situation. Um, but nonetheless, I still enjoy, really enjoy the work that I do. It really, I really enjoy, um, standing in front of a group of people or giving a lecture or working with people because it's, I don't know, it's people make the same mistakes time and again. So it's quite predictable how different cultures will pan out. So yeah, that's a, I really enjoy my work still.
2: Excellent. Excellent. And yeah, so I'm, I'm curious uh, to maybe start off there to pick your brain about some of those most common pitfalls that people just seem to slip into over and over and over again um, mm-hmm. that are pretty easily avoidable if we're just kind of paying attention to it. What would you say are maybe two or three of those most common pitfalls?
1: um I, I wrote an article sometime back uh, nine signs you're not getting it it's culture stupid that's the, the title of the uh of the article got some good uh, tracking with that so well. i think the biggest mistake that people make companies make pe- or people in companies make is that they do not consider culture being important and it sort of ends up on the back burner until until they bump their nose or they stumble and fall or they don't understand or they are like, why are these Italians always so stupid? And it has nothing says nothing about the Italians. It says everything about the the, the non-chemistry between these two cultures. Right. Um, and um, I mean, that's that's one mistake. The other mistake that people tend to make as well. Okay. Uh, give me an hour and I'll get it. Okay. Talk to me for one hour and that's all I need. It can't be that difficult. Right. And um I think those are, are, are the biggest in terms of people don't want to invest money, but they, they, they don't mind if a project gets delayed and delayed and delayed because the Indians don't deliver what the the Germans are asking for. You know, you get what you want, but you don't get what you ask for. That's usually what happens. They just, just don't get it. It's not, it's not the case. It's just a cultural difference, which is, which stands in the way. That's usually what happens.
2: Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, and it, it, it's fascinating to me. I mean, you just, you just point out kind of the, the, uh, the irony of not being willing to put the time or the energy in mm-hmm. upfront so that mm-hmm. you can have a, a smoother process, you know, as you're working collaboratively internationally, you know, as you continue to move forward. So, mm-hmm. so you hit roadblock after roadblock, after roadblock and delay after delay and miscommunication after miscommunication. And it, that takes a toll. It takes a toll on productivity, of course. Of course. Uh, it takes a, a toll on morale. Um, mm-hmm. And and so the tremendous cost associated with those sorts of delays and those sorts of negative impacts. Mm-hmm. And, and yet, you know, uh, companies often aren't willing to put, you know, the time and resources in up front just to make sure they're on a firm footing. Uh, and, 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 and like you said, you know, so often, uh, people are like, yeah. Give me the crash course. Give me, you know. Uh, I, I once early on when I was doing consulting, I, I was meeting with uh, with a chro, and we were talking about uh, some assessments that the organization mm-hmm. needed to do. And I was explaining, you know, what I thought would be a, a, a really good systematic approach to dealing with mm-hmm. some of the challenges that we're facing and the assessments that needed to happen. And but he he was pushing back, and he really wanted to. It, it, it would take. A little bit more time it'd be a little bit more expensive and he said no 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 um i we, we need to do something much faster and and so yeah. i told him i'm like if we do a quick and dirty version you know this is probably what we'll get garbage data in garbage data out you know like there, it, what you invest in up front has implications yeah. down the road yeah. and he he said no 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 it's not quick and dirty it's quick and quality and so he, he was trying to frame it as though it was just as good doing the uh the you know the version of cutting all the corners and just doing it super fast and getting it done Mm -hmm. he was trying to frame that as being just as good as doing like the full-blown thing and that's just not the way it is now we always we always have to think about cost benefit analysis and all of that but if if we think that we can tackle these kind of complex cultural problems in an hour-long training um that's just crazy uh you you just can't do it and in fact there's a lot of research that shows that it can actually harm it can make things worse if you only scratch the surface um and and do like one of those short little brief overviews or you know send everyone like a brief one sheet of like this is the culture and in belgium versus the italians you know um Mm -hmm it's overly simplistic it's not very meaningful and ultimately you can actually reinforce stereotypes rather than help people have a genuine understanding of each other
1: true true I have a nice story of that um, about that rather uh, which is and typically Americans are with all respect are really guilty of wanting it quick and quality It, it doesn't really work like that so there was this this American company that took over a Dutch company And the Americans were already a bit weary about these Dutch, you know, with this liberal thinking, et cetera, et cetera, very liberal thinking, Um, good English, but liberal thinking. And and we don't really understand this, this too liberal thinking. And there's this book, which is called uh, the undutchables. And it's written by two Americans. I think they were journalists and they, they, they describe the Dutch culture really well. If you're Dutch, it's really funny for a Dutchman to read because it's, you're being held a mirror in front of you. So they thought the solution to this was let's give all our, our key employees in this one, this book so they can read it and they can prepare actually in, uh, in order to, for them to, to cooperate. Well, the end of the story is, is that actually it worsened the situation because the Americans thought the Dutch were crazy, but after reading this book, they knew the Dutch were crazy. So it it really, it really works counterproductive. And if you allow me, I'll, I'll tell you another story. With um, which is from my own experience. I worked for Philips, Philips Medical System. It's it's one of the one of the biggest parts of, of the Philips company. It still exists. And um, this, I did this workshop in the Netherlands, and it was a pilot. And this uh, team was run by an American. I mean, you couldn't get more American than than he. And so I, I managed to convince him. Okay, let's do this in two days. Wow, well, that is a massive amount of time. Two days but we did the pilot with key people. And in the end, he also said, yeah, we need two days. We just, and he was convinced of, of the value and the and the fact that he had to invest money for, okay, fair enough, but also the time. So I, I did really, I did a bunch of workshop all two days, two days, two days, two days. So yeah, if you just, if you realize the importance of cultural difference and, and what it can lead to in organizations, you've mentioned a few then really it's it's the investment that or the fee that you would have to pay me is peanuts in in comparison to what you get out of it now of course the holy grail with any kind of consulting or training or what whatever is contributing whatever changed to that one thing and that's that's always difficult you know how much faster will we go how much less frustration will we suffer will Maybe we can retain one or two people more because otherwise they would have left the company out of frustration That is expensive. You can put a price tag on that You know if you can if you can shorten a project by a week or a month or X amount of time Then that's 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 a profit that's gain, but it's really hard to put that on on this one um, attribute in terms of doing a one day or two day workshop It's not easy.
2: Yeah, absolutely well, yeah. So you're pointing out the difficulty of impact assessment um, for mm-hmm. for work like this, and ideally, you know, it's it's not even just a, a workshop, a one day or two day workshop, but you you have, you know, really a, a strategic plan about an overall uh, engagement approach to working mm-hmm. with the organization over time to help them develop their intercultural competencies and communication and decision-making capabilities, um, yeah. you know, and, and, building, you know, taking what they do in the workshops initially and then building it across time and how, you know, they monitor and track things, you know, but that, that takes even more time and energy and a lot of organizations aren't willing to do that. Yeah. So, so it's, it's an interesting conundrum as we try to do this work and try to help, um, help organizations better Tackle the challenge of working with a diverse workforce, um,
1: and, and mean, you will work. You will work in with a diverse workforce, or you will work internationally eventually. I mean, of course, not everyone, but many many companies they they cross borders. If not in terms of manufacturing, getting stuff from China or Mexico, I mean, or you're hiring people because you cannot find the right people in your own country or your own countrymen, if you want. I see that happening a lot with IT companies. They're in they're importing and I'm making air quotes here, people from Russia, from Mexico, from, from Ukraine quite a lot. They seem to be quite talented there. So, and then, and then, yeah, it's, you need to educate those people, but also you need to educate, the say, the home people in terms, because they will be dominant and they will get as frustrated as well. It's not only the, the, the newcomer, the so-called foreigner, who, who gets frustrated and will go through a, a, a period of culture to shock for instance where they at first they think well this is fantastic look at the opportunity I, I, I get you know i'm going to go to mexico or the states or japan or whatever it's like the honeymoon two weeks and then it's like my god it's actually it's more difficult they get isolated and then you get into this dip which c- can cause people to leave
2: yeah absolutely and i i'm glad you brought that up that's a good segue into to what i wanted to talk about next mm-hmm. um expat workers you know go into a different cultural context a different country there's different geopolitical systems so socio- socioeconomic yeah. systems um, different cultures I mean it's it's not an easy thing and the research shows that most expat assignments don't pan out very well um, in large part because of what you just described like people get they're not well prepared on how to do it how, how to adjust and 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 how to uh, work with this new within this new context within this new culture. Um, and then they get there and pretty, after the honeymoon phase, they pretty quickly hit a wall and, and that's where a lot of people either decide to throw in the towel, uh, and quit or go back home, um, or they stick it out, but they're ineffective and, and they're just miserable. Um, and so it's, it's such a huge challenge for organizations, uh, who, you know, are trying to embrace, you know, diverse, uh, workforce and and diverse labor pools and and bringing Mm -hmm. talent in but what can organizations do to better prepare those people um Mm -hmm. to to actually be successful rather than just immediately launching them into this foreign context where they're really thrown to the wolves or thrown into the deep end of the pool or whatever metaphor you want to
1: use um well it's one thing that that you should realize or that one should realize is you talk about the expat but usually it's the expat who suffers generally uh the least he will suffer or he she will suffer but it's usually the partner um that causes the the expat working to say i'm i'm leaving here and That's then right, the expat yeah. quits as well so um in answer to your question what can you do well it's it's um I'm, I'm preaching in front of my own choir here is, is that, okay, prepare these people, let these people know what the cultural differences are. Let them understand that there's, it's a skill that you can learn. It's a, there's a model that you can use to explain culture. I use four cultural dimensions uh, in order to explain culture. And it puts things in perspective. I mean, I get this aha, which is a German word for, for, Oh, now I get it. Um, I get this so often. I get this so often. And if you're, if you're really good at it uh, as a company, as an organization, uh, develop an induction program. An induction program where, where not only they get to know you, here's the bakery and this is your bank card and we've opened an account for you, etc. No, it should be more. There are soft skills to be, to be understood and to be learned as well. And when you do that to the expat, expat worker, include the partner as well because they also need to know. And it's something both can learn. Kids from 12 and up get this so and they and they also have a voice in a family usually little kids don't but from 12 fish on they they tend to get a voice so include those as well that's what I would do that
2: is great advice and I'm glad you you mentioned that because that's absolutely true and that's very consistent with my experience Um, Mm -hmm. my family has lived abroad multiple times and um, on one uh, one stint we were living in Eastern Europe Mm -hmm. and the challenge wasn't for me or for my mm-hmm. children. The challenge was for my wife, uh, and in the social isolation, and um, and that was what we needed to work on and to overcome. And so, mm-hmm. even if you have someone, uh, uh, an employee who's very willing and capable, uh, maybe they're they're experienced and working in different cultures, mm-hmm. um, that the whole family dynamic is a part of that. Or if you happen to be one of those companies that just want to send the 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 partner abroad and 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 not the whole family along with them because of cost reasons you know that has all sorts of you know negative implications too so we Mm -hmm. just have to be thoughtful about it and and yeah provide preparation and training and onboarding and um all those sorts of resources not just for the employee but for the family involved correct
1: yeah that's what i think as well um I, I think it's it's crucial and and you can say maybe okay why why not read a book okay if anything anything is better than nothing right i mean you can watch youtube um, movies videos as well the thing is with this with these cultural differences it's such a contact sports because it's so subtle it is it is not only the focus on why is the word freedom so more important for for americans why is that in your constitution and, uh, and in, in um, what is it, the, um, uh, the Pledge of Allegiance, for instance. I mean, it's, th- that's way too superficial. How we kiss, bowers, shake hands is way too superficial. You have to go a couple of layers deeper because the, 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 the devil is in the details and that's, that's where, where it'll hurt. I understand that you guys carry guns right but I that's it's so so superficial I disagree I come from a different culture okay I know okay shrug my shoulders now do I now now know the American culture no I don't No, it's much more subtle it's much more subtle and do people do realize this at the beginning of all my workshops I asked them three questions who who thinks that cultural differences are actually uh, have an influence or, or matter. Um, who thinks that they that they don't matter because people can also think, yeah, come on, John, you've got two eyes and, and, and one nose and two ears. We're individuals. We will work this out. Maybe you and I can, but when the group gets a little bit bigger, there will be friction for sure. And then the third, the third question is, uh, are you on the fence? So you're not really sure yet. Everybody who was either on the fence or has says, said no in the beginning, they always have crossed the fence to that. Yeah, it does matter. It is true. There is something in between us, and it's, you can't really touch it. But it's really tough. I mean, it's like put your hand in water and then lift it up, and then the water goes straight straight through. But hit the water really hard, and you won't get through. It's it's that ungrabable, if that's a word, stuff which is in between us, and you can't help it, and I can't help it, and you can't deny it, and I can't deny it either.
2: So, what advice would you have for organizational leaders, um, both in terms of their direct approach, but also in creating processes, systems, uh, and such to create, a, you know, a, and maintain a company culture that embraces, um, you know, this idea and understanding of like we need to uh, we need to be more inclusive in our thinking, but we also need to be. Uh, we need to leverage diversity more effectively and we that requires us to do our work our homework that requires us to be thoughtful and, and self- reflexive about you know our interactions with each other uh, how what tips would you give to leaders on how to start establishing that kind of a culture okay, well, event?
1: I think you can segment it and, and I've done this with companies as well not everybody needs to know everything right uh, I think of think of it as first line people getting in touch and second-line people only uh, maybe over the phone or making appointments and stuff like that right so not everybody needs to know everything Um, I think an organization would be wise to actually include it in 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 some sort of induction program I mean you enter a company uh, you get shown your desk here's your password you log in and blah 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 what have you here's your phone here's your laptop and then what that's all the hardware also pay attention to the software because it's expensive hiring people Included in your induction program, what's also an idea is even on a temporary basis, depending on the organization, have a, I call it an integration or a diversity or an inclusion manager, because I can explain how these cultural differences work, but it's really difficult to, to work with it. And your problem might be different, or you might bump into a problem that we didn't talk about during our one or two day session. So, and then you can turn to someone, someone like me in this case. Who, who you can contact and say, well, I've got this problem with these Russians because I don't really understand what they're doing. They don't seem to understand. We go over it. I can hold your hand. I can explain it. I can give you concrete tips for this co- this specific context. And then you can go back. You can go back back on. So that's that's also an idea. You can you can even do that long distance as well. I mean, I don't have to sit next to you as long as I can see you. I mean, what we're doing right now, Zoom. I can hear you. I can see you. You can show me stuff. Even you know. So that's, that's how I would approach this.
2: Yeah, I think that's good advice. And, and I think, you know, it doesn't need to be rocket science. Uh, no. It doesn't need to be super complex. It just, you need to be intentional about it. We need to be committed to making it a priority. Um, mm-hmm. And like you said a, a few minutes ago, I mean, everyone is going to have experience working with a diverse workforce, whether you ever end up working abroad or not. You're mm-hmm. gonna ha- you're gonna have people maybe on a virtual team, or at least you're gonna have to interact with people cross culturally in terms of customers or suppliers mm-hmm. or something, right? Like everyone, right. everyone. I mean, the world has shrunk. We're, we're we're all so interconnected. Like, there's just no way um, that the, the average person isn't going to have these kind of interactions with people mm-hmm. over time um, with with uh, people with vastly different cultural backgrounds vastly different upbringings different ways of thinking and viewing the world uh, mm-hmm. and so we it's we need to put the work in we just need to be intentional about it and if we you know put our best foot forward um you know we don't have to figure it all it out all at once um, mm-hmm. and we can make incremental improvements but that requires a commitment you know and so as long as organizations can prioritize this enough that it can it can get regular attention, um, then we can start making some, some modest improvements and then hopefully, exactly. um, better and, and stronger improvements over time.
1: So, well, and also that companies indeed at least develop some sort of realization that culture matters. It does really does matter.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it has been a real pleasure talking with you, Chris, mm-hmm. and uh, we're bad out of time, but I do want to make sure that. I give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get con- in connection with you and learn more about what you're doing in your business.
1: Okay. All right. That's very simple. You can go to culture matters.com culture matters, one word.com and everything is there. All my bios, my podcasts are there. It's a bit weird being interviewed right now because usually I would take the lead in terms of a podcast, but you can find me there, there, contact stuff as well. Um, LinkedIn will work as well, but start with the website. That's always good.
2: Excellent. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I encourage my listeners to reach out to Chris, um, get in connection with him, and find out more about what he can do for you. Uh, if you're if you're doing work abroad, um, you know most of my listeners are in the U.S. Um, mm-hmm. You know if, if you're in the U.S. and you're doing work internationally, um, there's not going to be many people better than Chris to get in contact with to help you through that process uh, of figuring out how to do it effectively uh, and working. diverse um, groups of individuals across national contexts so thanks everyone i hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and stay healthy and safe
1: thank you john thank you feels a bit weird saying thank you to myself so thank you john for giving me the opportunity to be interviewed on your podcast Again, if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, please do so in iTunes. If you want to listen to this podcast, you can do so in iTunes, in Stitcher and Spotify. All right. Um, The music you're listening, you can hear in the background, is from Ben Sound. Check them out on bensound.com. I am Chris Smith. This was the Culture Matters podcast, and I'll be back in two weeks' time. Thanks for listening.
0: That's it for this episode culture matters making you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences your host chris smith has a plan a plan for people who are looking for a solution